Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. And I am one of your hosts, Corbin Heller. And uh, welcome to the show. It is September 25th. That's right, it's a Saturday for once that we're, we're doing this shit. Uh, here at 545 on the East Coast, which means Red Sox and Yankees is currently underway. Bottom of the fifth of a one nothing game. Uh, and there have been, even though it's only been three days since we last recorded, um, the wildcard situations in the AL and NL have shaketh up and further um, as the Yankees have continued to win winning their recent bouts against the uh, Texas Rangers on uh, Wednesday night. Yes. And their uh, bout against the Boston Red Sox on Friday night. In uh, lockstep with those moves, the Toronto Blue Jays have lost their last two games against um, the Minnesota Twins. And the Seattle Mariners have won their last two games against i think the oakland athletics and now i'm double checking because i actually realized i have no fucking clue who they've won those games against and the answer is the angels okay that makes more sense um which which means corwin heller in a in a in a unbelievable set of circumstances the seattle mariners are actually higher in the wild card race than the blue jays at this point in time due to tiebreakers i guess I guess is very much the sense. Both teams are 85 and 69. Sure. Why not? Because why not? I mean, that's just fucking. So now one of the things that got brought up uh, last time we talked, which first off the full playoff situation now is Boston in the top spot in the wild card Yankees in the second spot. So Toronto obviously falls out and they fall behind Seattle technically. Um, Mm -hmm. even though they're tied in the the record department. If the Yankees were to win today, I actually think, I think, I don't know, that they would still be behind the Red Sox, I believe, due to -to head-to-head record. I believe that the Red Sox had beat the Yankees more times than the Yankees had beaten the Red Sox, and I think that's the first tiebreaker. So I think the Red Sox would stay above the Yankees. But should the Yankees sweep, not saying that they will, not saying they have any likelihood to do so, just saying uh, let's assume a world in which they do, That means that um, if Seattle were to win its next two games there, their next two Mm -hmm. games, they would be uh, one game back of Boston for the final wild card with what? uh, Six, seven, seven games to go. That's fucking nuts. Yes. Yes, it would be. I think it happens, though. I don't know what to think anymore, man. I thought I thought the Yankees were going to go up to, to, to Beantown and get the shit rocked, and so far they haven't. I don't know. It's one of those things where we're at the point in the season where there is just a magnitude of things that we think should be happening that doesn't. And what are we supposed to think about it? Like, what are we supposed to do about this? What are you supposed to do? Because I don't know how to predict this. I don't know how to just even go about figuring out what the hell's going on. Not at all. I don't know anything. Whatever. Yeah, it's true. We don't know anything. And we've made it very clear. We don't know anything. 
it, it really is. I mean, because it's it's so funny because there's been so little time to process all the changes. Like if this situation you just picked up and moved back like two, three weeks where mm-hmm. Seattle's playoff chances as good as they look today had existed in a time period two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we would no doubt be inundated in a good way with posts about like what a Seattle Mariners playoff appearance could mean for the next year's team. Uh, or what a what a Mariners playoff berth uh, would roster roster would look like wildcard roster would look like like all these articles about you know the Mariners because now they're so close to doing it whereas a couple of weeks ago not that they were really really far out but I don't think it was on the front of anyone's mind and the fact that so much has happened that a team that has not made the playoffs in twenty years could be on the cusp of a playoff berth and gotten almost no attention is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's baseball, baby. It's fucking baseball at its best. This is baseball. That's what makes it so fun. That's what people get so excited about every year. It's because literally anything can happen in baseball. I, yeah. I, I mean, to, to the point where you won't even realize it's happening, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Man. I guess I guess partially takes us to the National League wildcard situation as uh, since our last recording, the Seattle St. Louis Cardinals still haven't lost a game. Uh, they played today and they won today. That is 15 straight. They are now holding the uh, the proud owners of an 86 and 69 record, which puts them uh seven games six and a half games back from their division with uh i think seven games to go for them eight games to go so now that they you wouldn't think that they could take the division because it's it's a they'd have to win out and the brewers would have to lose out like it'd be two insane things to have happen that are just so in, in, impossibly unlikely but at the same time, they're making it way closer than they had any right to make it. Oh, and I hate it. You have no idea how much I hate it. I think I understand. It's, okay. a, it's a dark time for yeah. us all. Quick question, Corbin. Sure. Do you know when the Cardinals winning streak started? Is it against the Padres? Uh, hold on. Actually, I don't know that, but I have it in front of me um, somewhere. Uh, no, if you, it was tell, not, if you tell me against the Padres, I just am not going to have a good time. It was not against the Padres. OK, then I'm, I'm fine for now. Um, I don't know. Their winning streak started on 9-11. <laughs> Which is the real national tragedy. That is worse. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's definitely worse than it. You know, just being a silly like, oh, it happened against the Padres. What a coincidence, blah, blah, blah. That is genuinely unfortunate. And, and I, I'm, I'm also laughing very hard because on our, on our movies discussion podcast, Juicing the Big Screen, Corn and I just talked a little bit about Norm MacDonald. And when I saw 9-11 as the date, I couldn't help but think of Norm MacDonald. And so it's, it's, it's kind of just 
killing me like like with the, the the tinge of laughter because it's just oh my god if if norm was on this podcast we would be it would be non-stop 9-11 jokes about the st louis cardinals so sorry oh to offend, god. but oh my god it's just perfect do you think we could get him on i i think yeah i'll get the ouija board <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, biggest national tragedy uh of all time um yeah, so I, I, I want to uh, hurt Corbin today, so we're going to look at some of the statistics from this run. What else is new? Hey. That the Cardinals are on, because it's, it's fucking insane. Uh, I, we can also pronounce, I, it was pretty obvious even uh, five days ago that this was likely, but I think we can pronounce it officially, that the um, National League wildcard situation is, is locked up and, and over with. Um, mm-hmm. The Dodgers have are one game shy of a hundred wins as it stands right now. They're going to get it. Um, and they they're, they're going to be the wild card one. There's no, there's no way mathematically. There's no way anyone else could like the Cardinals are the second place team. They're 13 wins back with only like eight games to play. There's mathematically, there's no way for it to happen. Sure, um, yeah. And the Cardinals have a five and a half game lead over the Phillies with again, about eight to play. Theoretically, could it happen? Sure likelihood wise uh, it's basically non-fucking-existent mm-hmm. however there is another race that is intriguing and that is for the nl east which is back in play since uh in the last 10 games that each team has played the braves have gone five and five for a total record of 81 and 72 and the phillies have gone eight and two for a record of 80 and 74 which puts them only a game and a half back of the division with eight to play. And uh, that's, that's gotta be fucking horrifying. If you're Atlanta. Yes. But at the end of the day, I don't think I would be too concerned. Why is that? I can't say that one, because I just don't have faith in the Phillies. I just don't. But I guess if I was that Atlanta team, there's nothing else to be concerned about. So, of course, I'm going to go crazy and hyper, you know, focus on that. So I take it all back. I would be very worried because there's nothing else to worry about. That's all you have. Right. And, and again, it, you know, there, there's no wild card. So you can't even sell yourself the idea of like, all right, well, if we don't win the division. We can at least make the wild card the way that that Dodgers fans could have been doing all season. Um and two of the three teams in the AL East that were vying for a playoff spot can do this season. Mm-hmm. Sorry, three of the four teams. My, my mistake. Um, Same difference. Basically. <laughs> Fuck you, Orioles. <laughs> now, the te- the games remaining for these teams, uh, the Braves have two more games in San Diego against the Padres today and tomorrow. Oh, shit, dog. And then a three-game set against Philly. Yeah, it is. Ooh. <laughs> Followed by yeah, there a game set against the Mets. Oh, ooh. Ooh, I'm going to watch all those games. Um, and then the Phillies have uh, their games against the Pirates. Right now, they're currently beating the Pirates. Then three against the Braves, as I just said, and then they finish out against the, the Marlins. So both the Braves and the um, Phillies will finish their seasons against bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. But... Fuck, man. God damn. That series in Philadelphia or in Atlanta is going to be fucking bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. 
Wow, I'm very excited for these games now. I'm going to watch them. Oh, I can't make that kind of commitment, but I'll talk to you about them after they happen. Shit, that is fucking what. So, all right. So, I, I gave you the, the teams mm-hmm. schedules. Uh, Braves, two games against San Diego, three against Philly, three against um, the Mets. The Phillies, two games against Pittsburgh, three against Atlanta, three against Miami. Now, granted, I'm going to give you the one caveat that the Phillies are one and a half games back. So they have to make up ground in addition to just winning more games. They have to win, you know, they're going to win two more games than Atlanta, basically. Do you think they can do it? I just don't see it happening. I mean, the Padres at this point are essentially two free wins, um, plus having to take two from the Braves. Is it in Philly or It's in Atlanta. Atlanta. That's just not going to happen. It's much harder to win on the road. That's just not going to happen. Um, I, it would be nice to happen, but it, I don't think it does. That's going to be a wild Atlanta Sun SunTrust Park, mm-hmm. I think. Fuck. Yeah, just do not see it happening. I, I wouldn't bank on it either. It, it's the making, obviously, like, like you had said just moments ago, it, you're going to be feeling it if you're like a Braves player or a fan because why wouldn't you small mistakes giant consequences we know the story but mm-hmm. i would think especially with that series against philly that you probably have the better chance of uh holding on to it uh if i if i was a gambling man i would probably bet on the braves but also i'm not a gambling man so don't take my advice agreed i am a gambling man not but i would still put it on atlanta yeah, it just seems to make more sense. Not. Nah. All right. So now let's look at some of these St. Louis stats now that I talked said we would do it and then didn't. And now I want to do it before I forget. So let's look at the batting. So going back to uh, I fucking Norman, I can't see September 11th and not laugh anymore. Especially because I watched That's all his tough, best man. clips. That's really tough. I watched like a lot of his best of clips after he, he died. And like, you know, so many of them are some version of. I was looking for my brother and the the stone and the blood and the rubble and and you know it was the northern Canada at the time. It's all that shit. And now that's I one anyway. Of, that's one of the ahead. few things you just no matter what cannot cannot joke about. Unless you're people, north. no one will accept it. We all do it, but at the end of the day, it's like uh, it's tough. It's tough to yeah, do. That's why I love Norm. That All right. is a doof. So, looking at batting stats since the beginning of the Cardinals' 15-game win streak, uh, their team has put together, and we'll look at a, a, a variation or an amalgamation uh, of stats, but we'll start with the one that we always talk about first when we talk about batting stats um, in terms of splits, and that's WRC+. And I don't, I don't know if you're ready for this, Corwin, but over the last uh, – Two weeks, the Cardinals have the best WRC plus by team in baseball. Um, funny how that might tie together with a 15 game win streak. Um, it is actually close in that time span. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals have a 135 WR- WRC plus. The Giants have a 133 WRC plus, so just two points back. 
Uh, and then the Yankees to round out our top three have a 132 WRC plus. So the distance between one and three is, is only three points of WRC plus, but still they are the best hitting team in that time frame. That's a pretty good thing to be over that time frame. So that's good luck with that guys. Good luck with that. That's all I can say. Yeah, and uh, it's really yeah. come on the back of a lot of actual hitting because if you look at, like, walk rate over that time, St. Louis is 26th mm-hmm. in baseball in walk rate in that time, 6.4%. That's below Texas, Kansas City, Detroit, Baltimore. Um, granted, the number one team is the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um but right after that, you have Milwaukee and San Francisco. And San Francisco has the second best WRC plus in baseball in that time frame. And they have the third best walk rate in that time frame. But that's not where that's not where it's been at. St. Louis has been doing it from power. Their ISO, which is a measure of isolated power, which is what that stands for. I'll get you an actual calculation on that in a second, because um, I actually forget how they calculate because it is different than um, like OPS. But anyway, um, their ISO in that same time frame is second best in baseball, just behind the Yankees, just barely. Uh, the Yankees with a 240, 245 ISO to the St. Louis Cardinals, 242. Um, and on top of that, they have been getting insanely lucky with BABIP, uh, which for anyone who is unaware, that is batting average on balls in play. So that's BABIP. That's what the abbreviation is. And they have the second best BABIP over that span as well, just behind the Cubs of all fucking teams with a 353 BABIP, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals rocking with the 345. So basically what that boils down to from, ju- from just this, this handful of stats is they're not walking a bunch, which, okay, whatever. But in that stead, the balls that they put into play are becoming hits at a 345 clip and they're smoking them for extra bases. And I mean, you put those two things together, you're going to have a lot of fucking success. That's just not the. Yeah. I don't really have anything to add. You kind of just hit the nail on the head there. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So the formula for ISO is, uh, one times doubles plus two times triples plus three times home runs divided by at bats, or apparently you can use slugging percent, which I think is interesting. I don't know why I'm not going to look into it. Uh, and then you take that number and subtract a player's batting average from it. So, yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's just the, so it, I think an easier way to think about it is you took the idea of getting a base hit away. And that's why each base is worth one less than the base. A double is, is one, a triple was two, a home run was three. So you take away the base hit part and then you make sure right. you really take it away by taking out the batting average part and whatever's left over is your power. So basically if you hit nothing but singles, right, you go up and you go uh, 10 for 30 to keep the numbers easy for singles. Mm-hmm. Well, that first part of the equation basically doesn't even register. Actually, it'd be zero over 30, which would automatically be zero. You're, actually, your ISO would be negative because then you have to subtract the batting average. It'd be like a negative 30, uh, 333 or whatever. So it'd be, it'd be horrible. So what's Ichiro's? 
Ooh. Ooh. I don't, I don't know. We're going to find out. Um, but that's a phenomenal question. All right, hold on. Digging up digging up the bones of Ichiro Suzuki. Uh, RIP. To find out. Tough. That's tough yeah. luck. Tough it's luck. a real shame how he went out. Um, all right. Ichiro's ISO is... Uh, uh, do you want his career? Yeah. 091. With like a comp of some kind? Yeah. Who would you like as your comp? Uh, wait, what? Oh, like, let's go, with, of, Derek, let's like, go with Derek Jeter. Someone totally sure. like not, it's not going to be Barry Bonds wild. You know what I mean? Like, Derek Jeter feels like a very, he's a good hitter. Yeah. Good historical hitter of, you know, fame and recognition. 130 is his ISO. Point 130? Right. Yes. Z- uh, 0. 0.130. All right. Now, let's do Barry Bonds. <laughs> so we got Slaphead and Ichiro at 0 91. Uh, still mostly a, a singles hitter, but a little more power with uh, mm-hmm. Derek Jeter at 130. Barry Bonds sliding in here at 309. Mm. That's a lot of power. So Ichiro's best season by ISO. Um, let me sort by that real quick. Oh, I can't. That's cool. Thanks. Fuck you, fan graphs. Why can't I do that? Uh, it looks like it's 133. Uh, yeah. So his best season was a 133 season in 2005. Um, Jeter's, which I don't think Barry Bonds even has a season that low. Uh, let, let me just see anything in the one. Yeah, no. So he didn't. He that nothing. Ichiro's best season wouldn't even be be below Barry Bonds' worst season. Uh, Derek Jeter's best season. I don't see it. Uh, would be two oh three in nineteen ninety nine, which would only beat out Bonds' uh, nineteen eighty six season, which was his first year in in the bigs, and his um, nineteen eighty nine season. That's it. Fuck, Barry Bonds really is very, tough. very good. Yeah, it's really <laughs> tough. Anyway. Anyway. Anywho. Uh, so the St. Louis Cardinals committing uh, yes. murder, murder, murder with the baseball. Uh, they've been worth murder, 4.9 war, wrote. which is also the most in the league in that point in time. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you'd like to hear from uh, about what's made the, the, the Cardinals offense this special? Um. I know I've seen the splits for our bad boy first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, which he basically went from a below average hitter in any category to, you know, one dot OPS hitter. Um, But has there been any other major turnarounds that you could point out? Like, I know their main guys have been Goldschmidt, Arenado, O'Neill, um, but who's someone that we could point out as being the? Hey, nobody's really talking about this guy, but these are really good numbers. So I don't often use Fangraphs um, splits function. I'm not sure. Can I do a split across the team? 
I'm not sure I can. So I don't know how it works, so I can't really help you. You know, I'm always one to help. Kind of. Yeah. But... I'm going to say I could probably figure out something that would be just as good as that, but I it would take me more minutes than I feel like putting in at this exact moment. Touche. That's where we're going to land on that. I can't. I can't hate on that. Uh, let's see. Other places the Cardinals have been doing well. They are 11th in strikeout percent, so they've actually been striking out a decent amount relative to the league. Not that, uh, you know, it's at 23.4%, which is, like I just said, 11th in baseball, which not that strikeouts really matter, but uh, one of the, the things that that has prevented them from doing is – uh, grounding into double plays. Actually, I guess they're 10th. Oh, interesting. But at 0.2, it feels pretty low per game. Hmm. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is fan graphs. There's a bunch of stats. So regardless, we'll move on to the pitching side. They're, 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 doing, they're doing very well. So let's look at their, their, their pitching. In that time frame. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, like we just said, batting off the charts. Uh, best WRC plus in baseball in the past two weeks from the start of their win streak. How do you think they've been faring with the ERA side of Thangs, my friend? I have to imagine Wayno's kind of keeping them afloat but I don't want to go out and say that they've been doing well. I'll say 105. Well, Wayno gave up a first inning grand slam the other day. He so maybe not ball. ideal, but um, still, I don't know who else would be keeping them afloat. Well, apparently the entire fucking team, because they're the first, they're the best team in ERA in baseball in that span with a 298 team ERA, which honestly, Feels a little surprising since I feel like I've seen them win several games like seven to six or yeah. like eight to five. And obviously they've been very dominant and that's led to some uh, been on the back of some really solid pitching performances. And I think they won like seven and oh against the Cubs the other day or something like that. But like I could have sworn I've seen some like wild come from behind victories where they won like seven to six or something like that. And mm-hmm. obviously uh, you, you win, you give up six runs in one game over the course of a season. That's not very much. We're talking the course of two weeks. You figure that would mm-hmm. affect something, but I guess it really hasn't because um, they have had the best ERA in baseball over, over that time frame. Now, interestingly enough, it seems as though a lot of that might be luck. Um, looking at some of the other stats, here in this category. So let's look at strikeouts, which is not the end all be all of pitching either, but it is relatively informative. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals pitching staff is 28th in strikeouts per nine over this stretch, 7.04 strikeouts per nine. Now that's part by oh. roster and part by design, right? Cause if we think about the St. Louis Cardinals pitching staff, it includes guys like Wayno and John Lester and Jay Happ who are going to let up a lot of contact, but that's part by design because the Cardinals have an amazing defense. Mm -hmm. And so they've been leaning on the back of that. So the fact that they're not necessarily racking up strikeouts might not be a surprise um, because 
if anything, they've almost been forgoing the strikeouts to try to, it's a very, feels, feels like very 1970s pitch to contact kind of mentality, you know? Right. Because another measure of control, they're 23rd in walks per nine, which is phenomenal. Uh, if we look at the most walks being given up at, uh, at the top. So if we look at it in terms of who's doing the best with not allowing walks, which might make this a little bit more uh, conversational, their eighth best in not allowing walks, 2.83 walks per nine. So clearly their pitchers are showing good control. They're just not striking anybody out because instead they are, and, and they're, they're not striking anybody out. They're not really walking anybody. They're just putting balls in play, mm-hmm. man. Which sucks. Because I hate that that is how they're, I hate that that is how they are doing it. Because I want that to be the Padres so bad, and it's not. It's a team that I very much dislike, and they're just playing solid classic baseball and succeeding the shit out of it. And the Padres are tanking. All of this is going to come back to how much just the Padres are killing me mentally. But at the end of the day, it's good on the Cardinals. I I guess I feel like this is what the Cardinals are doing. I think is what Manfred thinks would happen if he just banned the shift. You know what I mean? Like I, given that there's a whole litany of reasons and, uh, uh, I don't what's the word I'm looking for? Like direction roster set up to, to form this team around a specific idea that went into it. Like it's and the shift being a big part of it, but like this type of uh, we're going to just let them touch the ball up a little bit and let the, the other seven guys back there do the rest. I think is what Manfred thinks would happen if the shift was banned instead of people just hitting a bunch of really shitty singles. You know what I mean? Um, right. Like the Cardinals are doing this because they're phenomenal at defense and, that's about it. That's about it. They're very, they're very fucking good at defense. They're so they're good, good at winning games. It's wild. And we all love it, right? Sure. Um, they are the 24th best team at hitting home runs over the stretch. So that's not great. Um, they're hitting 0.94 home runs per game, which is also feels like less than you would expect again for a team on a 15 game win streak over this point in time. Oh, sorry. Oh, God, I, 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 that's my bad. I was thinking batting stats. My mistake. Allow me to recalibrate my thoughts. They're seventh best in not allowing home runs. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Sure, yeah. I think that's the podcasting equivalent of a bulk. Oh, shit. Did you bulk? Do we have to let in a run? Uh, we definitely got to move a guy over to second. Yeah. Mm, Maybe I'll just shame. like switch the boxes that we talk that we're on in zoom can we discuss our pre and post afternoon whip uh, never mind <laughs> I, I just we're moving gonna on, on we're gonna give up on me real bad yeah sorry buddy um that's just the way it is. Do, 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 do. The St. Louis the Cardinals, same. while they have been blessed by the Babbitt gods in their batting, they have also been blessed by the Babbitt gods in their pitching. Their Babbitt against 
is the second best in baseball at 234. Their BABIP on offense was 345. This is fucking nuts. So basically, if you as a St. Louis Cardinal put a ball into play, your batting average is 345, which is fucking stupid. You'd win the batting title. If you are playing against the Cardinals, you are wearing a non-Cardinal jersey, your batting average is 234, which batting average doesn't really matter that much, but that's still kind of low. Um, batting average doesn't matter. It's not something we care about, but something we can point out that other people will care about. Right. It's the basic idea of hits ain't happening here, folks. (laughs) That's that's really the idea. Now the, the extra bases doesn't matter. Hits ain't happening fucking here. Uh, and then, all right, let's assume you get on base. You did it. You got a walk against a, against a, a pitching staff that is not fucking allowing walks. You get a hit against the defense that ain't fucking allowing hits. What's the percentage of time men get left on base by the St. Louis Cardinals pitching staff? You might ask, uh, 77% of the time, second highest in baseball, basically 78, 77.7, which wow. means if you get on base, there is a damn near 80% chance you're just fucking jogging back to the bench like a bitch. It's a, it's astonishing how That's little a hell of a way to put it. Scored. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I'm feeling punchy today. Um, I mean, it's recording just in person. Nuts. Pop, pop. Pop, pop. Open up the door. It's real. Hot <laughs> it and pop, pop, stainless steel. Anyway. RIP, Mr. DMX. Have you barking for no reason? First, we got it. Oh! Then we got it. Oh! Then we let it pop. pop Don't let it go. go. X gonna give it to oh, you. God. He gonna give it to you. X gonna deliver it to you. The lyrics of that song absolutely do not matter because it is fucking perfect. You are about as correct as you've ever been on this podcast. I'm 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 batting I'm batting a thousand here today. Uh, Naturally. So anyway, it's it's just a ludicrous run, and obviously you look at it and you say you know it it can't keep up, but and 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 obviously it can't keep up to this level of success. Like it's not like a team could literally never lose again, even though that's what every fan says when their team starts a hot streak because it's fun. Um, but it's also, it also feels like the most sustainable win streak I've ever seen. You know what I mean? They're not winning because of just a fuck ton of long balls all happening at the same time. They're hitting, they're hitting home runs. They're hitting extra bases, but it, it, it's not the only thing that's been getting them by. They've been, uh, their pitching staff has been good and not just like strike out everybody crazy fucking good. They're not allowing walks. They're allowing enough contact that um, it's not, it's not actively hurting them and their defense is getting a chance to do work and the, their defense is good. It's been, it's been the St. Louis Cardinal story since their fucking inception. It's, it's weird how much this feels like how you would expect this team to play once it's put together, like it currently is. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just hitting a level of success that is uh, you, you scratch your head to even think about it. Like no one's having a horrible time right now. It seems like. Which again is the most disappointing part because you know, it is just, Hey, this is a good team playing good baseball. It just kind of never came together. 
or they're all just hitting their stride at once. Either way, this is a team that's going to continue being successful. And it's not just something we could point at and be like, hey, remember when they went on this streak and it didn't lead to anything because they actually sucked and just got super lucky? It's like, no, this is a team that's definitely going to make the playoffs. This is a team that's probably going to do well in the playoffs. And uh, we just kind of have to accept that. I I can't believe it's the successful in the playoffs part that feels yeah. so outrageous to me. Like the fact someone had to make it. You know what I mean? Someone had to fill mm-hmm. the second National League wildcard spot. So the fact that the Cardinals are getting it, remove this this wild stretch from your mind. Just if I told you, you know, three weeks ago the Cardinals made it, you might be confused, but I guess you, you go like, well, National League sucks, so okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you wouldn't expect them to be successful. You go like, well, literally someone has to be in that spot and they'd have to play the Dodgers and that probably really, really wouldn't go well. And instead, it's like, actually, 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 they're doing fucking great. Like, the fact that that cards Dodgers might be one of the biggest games of the entire postseason is a little bit ridiculous because it shouldn't be. And yet it mm-hmm. might be. Mm-hmm. It definitely emphasis, please, on it shouldn't be, but it is. Who would you root for between those two teams? Two rivals from two different previous fandoms. As much as it would pain me, I think I would root for <sighs> sweet, sweet death. Th- <laughs> well, besides that, um, I think I would root for the Dodgers just because them doing well really only proves that like, hey, Padres were in a horrible division. You know, there's nothing to argue against there. Like, oh, they were just really great and they did what they needed to do. Um, If the Cardinals go out and just are unstoppable and beat the Dodgers, it just makes the Padres look that much worse. So as much as it hurts more to have to root for the Dodgers it makes the Padres look better. So I'm going to root for them. I would also say, because I think I would also pick the Dodgers. Unfortunately, very, very unfortunately, because I, Max, um, Max Greenfield made, made this comment a few months. Last time he was on the pod, I think. And it was the Dodgers almost need to do well to prove that you just have to spend your money. Mm-hmm. And you can win like it's it, it's an interesting, like theoretical piece about how the race keep doing well without any payroll or how the um, athletics do usually do well with very little payroll. And I don't think I don't think the Cardinals payroll is insane, but I'd have to double check it. And I don't feel like doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and while that's really nice, it's like a theoretical like like a, like a math problem in a sports econ class, the problem is it has implications and repercussions, which ultimately are, Hey, I'm an owner. 
I want the Rays special, which is not spending money and being good because apparently I can have it all. And I think we as fans and baseball players as a community would rather that not be the case. So I think I also very begrudgingly would root for the, the Dodgers. Fuck you. I get it, but fuck you. Thank you. Um, so, Corwin, I think I, I did. I get it because I'm literally a part of it, but fuck you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I think I did find a way to get you what you wanted here uh, in terms of the uh, the who contributed the most during this run relative to regular season performance thus far. Okay. Um, so would you like to start with pitching or batting here for these Cardinals? Uh, batting. All right. So the best batsman, which is the best word to use if you're talking about batters, I refuse to hear otherwise. They should be batsmen's batsmen. They should have caves, the batsman cave. I just don't care enough to be a part of this argument, so I'll let you do your thing. Batsman, anyway. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. Cool. Has been Jose Rodon, which is a little bit tough because he has um, <laughs> two games for uh, sorry, seven games with seven plate appearances, which is, is it's just not a lot. Um, so we'll skip over him. So the real best performer over this point in time with 63 plate appearances, and I'm not going to set a minimum. Where's the fun in that? Uh, has okay. been Paul Goldschmidt with his 248 WRC plus uh, during the regular the season. Fun? During the regular season, Paul Goldschmidt, if we were to set a plate appearance in plate appearance limit at let's say 500, Paul Goldschmidt would be second best on the team in WRC plus with 138. Mm-hmm. So he is. He has been one of the best hitters on the Cardinals all season, but he's outperforming his own WRC plus um, even not removing this stretch from it, like leaving in this ridiculous stretch. He is still outperforming his regular season total WRC plus by a fucking hundred. That is disgusting. It's absolutely fucking disgusting. Um, And if we look at the top five, Two of the guys in the top five, Jose Rondon and Dakota Hudson, each have. Dakota Hudson's a name I've not heard in a long time. Yeah, because Dakota Hudson has one game with three plate appearances, um, which is hilarious. And he has a 500 batting average and a 500 slugging, which means he showed up, hit a single and is golden. Um, That's all you need. I guess he had a single and there must be a walk in there somewhere. Yeah, there's a walk in there, too. Um, And. That's amazing because the, the I bet I bet if we looked up that single, which we are not going to do, it was it won them a fucking game. Like I I'm willing to because that's where the Cardinals are at. The fact that they have two guys with stupid high WRC pluses up here, uh, I'm willing to bet that those were timely. Which is just you can't you can't put down a stat sheet, and it, it's stupid. Oh, here's a fun one for you for overperformer, Harrison Bader. What do you think his regular season WRC plus has been thus far? Regular season WRC plus. I will say it has not been bad. Harrison I don't want you thinking Bader. it's like crazy bad. It's not very bad. Uh, 103. Super fucking close. 105. Nice. I'm a genius. Let his WRC known. plus over this past two weeks. 178. Yeah. Okay. That's that a breakout gets right there. That That's gets a breakout. 
Uh, Tyler O'Neill has been the third best hitter if we put a play appearance limit limit on this at 171. He's outperforming his regular season uh, WRC plus by about 30. Uh, Paul DeYoung has a 163 WRC plus over this stretch. His regular season WRC plus 88. Uh, I I mean, pick a fucking guy on this team. Even Matt Car, even the 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 hollow husk of Matt Carpenter, is top ten in uh, WRC plus over the stretch with a 124. Matt Carpenter's regular season WRC plus 73, 73. Oh Ew, that hurts just to hear. Makes He's me feel super happy it. because I, I again Matt Carpenter is the worst cardinal of all the cardinals. Um, but wow, that is tough to do. I I know. Obviously, there are some underperformances in here as well, but it's still like none of them are going to be that bad. They they really are doing so well for themselves. And if we look at the pitching, uh, I guess we'll look at ERA because now I know it's not perfect and we're being lazy, but you come to the show for lazy analysis, so I don't know why you're surprised. Um, they have. Several players with zero ERAs, but they have not pitched many innings. Like Genesis Cabrera in 8.2 innings hasn't allowed a run. Corwin Heller, yeah. tell me who Genesis Cabrera is. I do not know. I dare you. You can dare me all you want. I do not know. I double, I triple dog dare you. I oh. triple dog dare you. So. <gasps> Genesis Cabrera has a 3.59 ERA for the season in 67 innings and has a zero ERA over the course of this span, uh, which is the most innings pitched in that. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos, who is their regular like setup man closer, uh, he has not, he has seven saves in eight innings pitched over this run um, and a 14.63 strikeouts per nine uh, to an ERA of 1.13. Jay Happ and John Lester, without setting the innings pitch limit, have the seventh and eighth best ERA on the team over this span. Jay Happ's ERA is 2.03, and John Lester's is three even. Fuck you. Fuck yourself in the fucking face. Jay Happ's regular season ERA. Jay Happ's regular season ERA is 3.97, and Lester's is um, sorry, J-Hab's regular season ERA, yeah, 3.97. Lester's is 4.02. Go fuck yourself. Honestly, both of those are better than I expected them to be. I'm actually going to go double check to make sure those aren't their ERAs just with the Cardinals because baseball reference does that because I do not believe their ERAs are that good. Like, I, I, I can't because that seems like too much. Are J-Hab and, and John Lester secretly good again? No. Corbin, is it 2009? No. Wait, no. I double checked. I looked at the clock. Clock doesn't tell you the date. I looked at the calendar. I looked at both. Just to be safe. All right. Uh, J Hap's ERA this season. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that 397 is just with the Cardinals. It's 5.86. There it is. Now that's what I expected. Yep. 5.86 is below three in this run. It's below four with them overall. John Lester's this season is five, 4.59. He has a sub, he has a three ERA with them over this run. Fuck yourself with the fucking face. I'd like to uh, clarify when I said earlier that this is sustainable. Um, the hitting is sustainable. The pitching, my God, is not. 
dear lord oh my god i am disgusted by these numbers this is an affront to my lifestyle Adam Wainwright is the 10th best pitcher on the team with a 394 ERA. Fuck yourself in the face. Wow. What do you, so dude, oh my God. John Lester is BABIP against, would you like to hazard a guess? BABIP against. Um, no. 152. Oh no! Is it if really? You, if you put the ball in play against John Lester, you have these. You are a one fifty two batter. You know what John Lester's oh. on left on base number is? His percent of batters left on base. It's a hundred. It is one hundred percent. I I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't lock it. Oh my god, it's fucking nuts, man! And he's no, done all this. Not my kind of guy to begin with, but oh, especially with this, oh. he's done all this on a twenty-five percent ground ball percent. That's actually wild. Like Jay Haps at a forty-two point nine ground ball percent, so his success makes a lot more sense. John Lusters is now just fucking confusing. Uh, 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 all right. I don't like this team. This team makes my eyes hurt and my brain hurt. And my heart hurt, most of all. You know what thought I just had that I, I, I absolutely hate myself for? No. How would you feel if the St. Louis Cardinals start a playoff game against L.A. Dodgers and they start J-Hap and he wins? It J Hap against Walker Bueller and mm-hmm. J Hap wins. Mm-hmm. How would mm-hmm. you feel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> Honestly, I think I'd be cheering for it. Like if the mighty dot like I know I literally just said I'd have to root for the car or root for the Dodgers, but at the same time, seeing the mighty fall, oh, man, it would be hard. Like, in the moment, it would be really hard not to be like, J-Hap, fucking, fucking do it. Like, just get it done. Kill him. Just, like, make him hurt. Because that's that's something that's going to seriously leave some some scars on some kids and some, some adults. <laughs> People of all ages. Yeah. You know what I just realized? What? In the off season of this baseball season. Uh-huh. We had a help Corbin find a new baseball team. Uh-huh. Episode. Uh-huh. And I picked for you the St. Louis Cardinals. And you were like, nah, fuck that shit. Go on the Padres. And if you had, this would be an amazing season for you. Like uh-huh. looking back on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Spot on. Gotta say, uh-huh. spot on. Fuck you times two. Because, I mean, look at your Padres. And look at these uh, Cardinals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the Cardinals taking down the Dodgers only semi-jokingly. 
in the playoffs where your Padres won't even be. But I won't hate myself falling asleep at night knowing I'm a Cardinals fan, knowing I'm a Padres fan versus being a Cardinals fan. I just, man, I really don't like the Cardinals. I never I could have done it. I, I know. I know. Yeah. I just realized that it's very funny, the trajectory of these two teams. And I, I just now realized that we had that episode <laughs> where these two teams were the focal point. I recall, but it, it would never have changed it. I know. I know. Um, all right. So that's that's been the Cardinals run, which is just fucking stupid. Uh Actually, real quick, I'm just going to look at the Cardinals' um, rest of season schedule because sure. I, I want to know. How, I want to know. Can you show me how many more wins the Cardinals will get? Uh, for some reason, I'm in the Spanish version of MLB.com. I don't understand how that happened. Um, all right, so they have another game against the Cubs tomorrow, so I think we can lock that in as a win. Mm-hmm. And then three games against the Brewers in Milwaukee. Sorry, in, in St. Louis. Oh, they, they close out in St. Louis. So three games against the Brewers in St. Louis and then three games against the Cubs again in St. Louis. All right. I, I can't say that they can sweep the Brewers again, even though they just did in a four-game set because that's just too ridiculous and the Brewers are, t- are too good. I, I, I Where can't confidently say it. In St. Louis. But the honestly... Brewer, the Brewers have the best road to home winning split in MLB baseball this season where they are significantly better on the road than at home. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Which is funny. You say that because the series, the four games said that the Brewers just lost every game to, to the Cardinals was at home. That actually be yeah. pretty funny. Um, but in a world in which the Cardinals get past the Brewers by sweeping in them, a world. They, they could very reasonably win out the season because sweeping the Cubs in the final three probably wouldn't be a problem. Could uh, you imagine? I wouldn't say it's going to be a problem, but I, I wouldn't say it's like oh, it's, it's definitely it's, possible. Yeah. Sweeping is never easy to totally understand. Um, but could you imagine if the Cardinals went on a 22-game win streak to tie the Cleveland Indians for the most in baseball history to cap off the season? That would be such a big what? Because those things always happen in the middle of the year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's like there can be a, a finite conclusion where you can be like, all right, the uh, the Oakland A's won 21 games from here to here, or 20 games, I should say. And, and this was the last game they lost, and this was the – game that they lost after the series after after all the wins and here they were and then they did this the rest of the season and then this was their playoffs if the cardinals were to win the remaining seven games and hit a 22 game win streak that has to be one of the big biggest team what ifs of recent baseball history because there were no more regular season games for them to play for that win streak to continue or to die you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm how long could it have gone for against a shitty NL Central? What if they beat the Dodgers in a one-game series? Twenty-three. Who would games. be the Who would be the two teams they would be potentially going up against in the second round, or I guess well, the first round? They would be the lowest seed 
because they'd be the wild card team. So I'd imagine it would be the one seed. So I'd imagine that would be the Giants. Let me just double check myself, but I would imagine it would be the Giants. Um, I was going to have a hypothetical of like, what if yeah. they sweep, but they're not going to sweep the Giants. I couldn't they handle could. that level of fuckery. No, not at all. Oh, man. Odd year bullshit or black magic fuckery. Who wins? That actually be a kind of a hilarious the year of overperformance. Um, which actually brings me to the next thing I was going to say, which is that the Giants won 100 games already this year. And fuck yourself. Who the hell thought that was going to happen? Is is this um, the White Sox manager, um, Tony La Russa, is this his first season in Chicago? Oh, I don't know if he was there for the shortened year last year. I want to say it is. I want to say it's his first year. If he comes back into the MLB and just the Cardinals have a miracle year and win the World Series, just win the whole thing and just absolutely embarrass the White Sox in the World World Series. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would make it okay. I don't like the Cardinals, but that would make a World Series win by them okay. Is if Tony Larusa just gets embarrassed because of them. I I would like if there's any reporters for the Athletic here listening, um, which we know you are. Yeah. I I would like if at the conclusion of the season there could be a deep dive into the White Sox underperformance, because this is very off topic but I can't help but look at that White Sox record, which is exactly the same as the Yankees record at 87 and 67 and not help but think that should have been such a better record given the division that they're in and the talent on that team. And I, you can't help but wonder, and I don't know because I, and that's why I'm saying I would love like an athletic writer to get into it. How much of that maybe we could chalk up to managerial decisions or no, players stepping back from, uh, you know, some some level of fallback from La Russa or him not putting his... Like, I watched the White Sox game the other day. And this is mm-hmm. one game, and this is a very, like, shock jock radio thing of me to do, uh, just extrapolate one game out for a whole season, but hey. But we, we all are. do it. And it was granted, granted, this was uh, a game against the Cleveland Indians in which they were going for... If they won, they would they would clinch the division, which they were obviously going to do anyway. And there was a double header against Cleveland that day. So it was a seven inning, seven inning game. Um, but what they did was they pitched Ronaldo Lopez for like three innings and then went to, uh, I think Garrett Crotchet for two or maybe Aaron Bummer for one as well, something like that. And then Liam Hendricks came out and you go, Oh, it's fucking weird. It's like a seven, nothing game, right? Mm-hmm. It's not even fucking close. And they brought out Liam Hendricks. And you go, oh, all right, that's fucking weird. But I guess he got Craig Kimbrell for the second game if things get hairy. And then for the bottom of the seventh, they bring out Craig Kimbrell. And I'm like, you are playing another game in two hours. You have now just used both of your closers mm-hmm. and two of your best relievers in Crotchet and Bummer. So, like, what the fuck are we doing here? And granted, I believe they did end up winning the second game anyway because uh, the Cleveland baseball team is bad. 
I don't have to tell you guys that. But it's still jarring to oh no, my friend, I'm sorry. They lost that game. Well, they, they lost five to three. The first game? The second game. They yeah. after they used all those fucking relievers. Again, and they lost it in the late innings. They gave up four runs in the sixth and the seventh. Fine. You think it's one of those instances where he forgot? I, I, I don't think so. Tony La Russa is old and has dementia, and he just forgot that they had a follow-up game. I think it's more like um, letting sentimentality make a decision for you. Look, if you're good, you're going to hit. Because, again, that first game was to clinch the AL Central. So it had some level of, obviously, playoff implication importance, but also emotional importance. I understand that. At the same time, if you're a good team, which the White Sox are slash should be, you're going to get the win eventually. Don't worry about it so much. You have no one chasing you at all. And you burned your best relievers all in the same seven-inning game for absolutely no... And the second game was a bullpen game where Michael Kopech made the start and only pitched two innings. None of it made any sense. So the fact that the that the White Sox are 87 and 67, I think, deserves something of a deep dive later on. And I'm not sure if I'm equipped to do it. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Who knows? We'll find out. But it is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, just considering how fucking awful that entire division is. But regardless, shout, shout outs to the Giants for their 100 wins. I, I can't believe they have it, but fucking good for them, I guess. Uh, last <sighs> thing... Last thing I had for us was uh, a bright spot of hope out of the dismal town we call Baltimore, Maryland. And that is that Cedric Mullins is the first Baltimore Oriole, which is also kind of wild, considering that is a historically pretty good franchise uh, to have a 30-30 season. Uh, He got his 30th home run last night. So as it stands right now, he has. 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases uh, in what has been an incredible year for the young center fielder uh, who has a 300 batting average on the season, a 370 on base, a 536 slugging. That's a 906 OPS, a 142 OPS plus 6.2 war so far this year and was an all-star just a fucking phenomenal season for the dude. And if you never watched starting the all-star game, Yes, he did, but I think only he wasn't because voted in money. like it was an alternate type. Deal. I think, he, yeah, I think he was an alternate. Okay, because Trey Mancini was the original representative from Baltimore solo, I believe. Copy that. I believe it's, it just feels fuzzy. Uh, I don't know, have you watched any? I know it, it's not even the same league as your favorite team at this point. Have you watched any Orioles games? I have not. He's fucking great. He's a blast to watch. He's like 5'8", and he's everywhere. I mean, if you're an Orioles fan, you got to feel good about the outfield. I can't say I've watched a single Baltimore Orioles game this season at any point. Well, I mean, I really think the Orioles might give you, and I've been saying it for a couple seasons, but I I, I do mean it. I think the Orioles are going to give you something to tune in for pretty soon because, again, that outfield's pretty fucking nice. Like that outfield, uh, Austin Hayes, who's had uh, an injured season in parts, but 
I still played over 120 games, 107 OPS plus. Cedric Mullins, who I don't think had an Eilston all season, uh, 142 OPS plus. And then uh, Ryan Mountcastle, who has been splitting time in the outfield and first base with a 115 OPS plus. Uh, they, they, they've Isn't had a rookie as well. I believe this is his rookie season. Yes. Let me double check for you. Uh, All the season. No, last year was his rookie year. So this is his sophomore season. Hell of a sophomore season. I'll say. Yeah. I, I mean, he's, he's, he's killing it, man. Uh, and you know, the, uh, the, uh, the issue as it stands today for the Baltimore Orioles is not necessarily offense. <laughs> it's not, not offense, but it's not necessarily offense. It's the pitching. Yeah, it's the pitching. It is that pitching. It is fucking ugly. But shout out to Cedric Mullins. It's a crazy cool accomplishment. Uh, I remember being excited for him. As an Adam Jones fan, I, I am very excited and happy for him. It broke my heart just a little bit when Adam Jones moved from center to right. But I also... Was a little. It made me more excited for Cedric Mullins because I knew Adam. Jo- I know the kind of guy that Adam Jones was, and he, I knew he was going to be something of a mentor for him, and you know, give Cedric Mullins a chance to succeed. And I'm so glad Cedric Mullins is succeeding because it shows that Adam Jones put his, you know, did something right on the way out and did right by Mullins on his way out. And Cedric Mullins made the most of that opportunity. And uh, Mullins has been great. Love watching him. Seems like a great dude. I'm about it. Go O's next year. Sure. We'll see. Maybe. I guess. Solid maybe. Yeah. Probably not. Uh yeah, is there anything else going on? Sports wise? Ryder Cup. Yeah, what's up with the Ryder Cup? Uh US is up nine three with the afternoon matches going on right now. Split between the US and Europe two two. Not much, uh, not many holes left to fight this out. Um, it's exciting. I feel like we'll end up talking about it more later on when uh, we can actually talk about results and things like that. But Ryder Cup, if you're not watching it, Sunday singles, 12, uh, 12 matchups, it's going to be exciting. Oh, is it? There you go. I wouldn't know. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, nothing. We we're obviously we have it. We, the only NFL matchup this week that's happened so far since we're recording this on Saturday has been the Thursday night game. So we have nothing to really say about the NFL games that, that well, fucking haven't happened for us yet. So deal with that. So maybe we'll uh, if anything fucking interesting happens, like maybe the Jets winning a game, we'll talk about it. Uh, not once. Let's not get crazy here. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, so in the meantime, if you like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at Juicing Pod. I'd like to send uh, to follow Core on Twitter, or you can do so at Corbin Helen and follow myself on Twitter at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at Juicing the Numbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one. Bye. Bye.